Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. All right, y'all grab your Bibles. Turn with me today, please, to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. It's a big book. If you don't know where it is, just flip through the Old Testament. You'll see it in a second. Right after Isaiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1, first three verses we're reading today from the New Living Translation. It says, These are the words of Jeremiah, uh, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from the town of Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. The Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of of Ammon, king of Judah. The Lord's messages continued throughout the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of King Zedekiah, another of Josiah's sons. In August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the detail of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the big picture as well. And Lord, we just pray that you would lead us and guide us today as we study your word. And I pray that you would transform us as a result of that study, that understanding. And Lord, help us to be obedient to what it is you tell us to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today is the the second part of a series that, that I'm calling Patriarchs, Prophets, and Priests. We are looking at the men and women of the Old Testament uh, who formed the foundation of our faith. We're not just looking at the, uh, the events and learning about those. We're, we're trying to learn the lessons that their lives can teach us. We're also trying to identify the types and shadows of Jesus that we find in those Old Testament stories. The, the, the whole Bible is from Jesus because he is the Word of God, but it's also about Jesus. It's about our need for him. It's about the prophecies of his coming. It's about his life and ministry here on earth. It's about how to live out his teachings by being his hands and his feet. That's why it's important that we study all of it so we understand. Now, last week we looked at the life of Noah. Noah was one of the patriarchs, one of the founders, the the fathers of our faith. Today we're going to look at Jeremiah, who was a prophet and a priest. Uh, and so one of the things that I pointed out last week is that these are not stories. And I just used the word story a few minutes ago. Uh, these are not stories. These are accounts. These are not works of fiction. Nobody sat around and made these things up. These actually happened to real people in ages gone by. And many of the, the people and the events can be verified through other historical sources and records. As a matter of fact, as we were reading those first three verses, it started, it's like on the 13th day of the 11th month, and you're like, you just glaze over and you know, disappear into that. Do y'all do that? 
Y'all, you're not going to say you would do in church. I understand that. Y'all holy and stuff. But sometimes you're, you just, your eyes roll back in your head and you glaze over. You're like, oh, good Lord, why? 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 So that you can use those references to verify the Word of God. And we know from those specific references uh, that, that he was, Jeremiah was, the primary voice uh, of God to the kingdom of Judah from 627 B.C. to 586 B.C. We know that because of the detail that God inspired to be placed into his word. Now, for decades, God had been sending prophets to both the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah to get them to repent and to turn back to him, but they had refused. Uh, Even after God had allowed the foreign nations to come into the kingdom of Israel, the the ten tribes of Israel, and take them captive, um, even after that, he was giving Judah some more time to see that example, to reflect on their own situation, and to repent and return to the Lord, but they, they were just not getting it. So now Jeremiah is the main mouthpiece of God that he used during that time. Now Jeremiah's life was a remarkable life, and there's a lot to learn from him, so we're going to take at least a couple of weeks, I think, to talk about uh, what we can learn from Jeremiah. So let's dive in today. These next verses, we're going to start at chapter four, at verse 4, same chapter, so the very next verse, you've heard, I've used it many times on Sanctity of Life Sunday, uh, but they are actually specifically uh, for Jeremiah uh, himself. So Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse 4, the Lord gave me this message, so now Jeremiah is going first person. He said, God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you, I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms, some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, and others you must build up and plant. Did you know that uh, God has a calling for your life? He has a calling for your life. It's a point of great fear and great frustration for a lot of people because they either don't know what the calling is or they don't know what to do with it. Okay, so today's message is called Jeremiah's Unqualified Calling. Jeremiah's Unqualified Calling. And we're not just going to look at the particulars of his calling, but we're going to see how it speaks to, uh, to ours and help us finding ours. So God called Jeremiah to be a prophet when he was really young. Now, most people of his day and of his culture started ministry uh, about age 30. Um, as Jesus did. But God called Jeremiah, uh, and he was somewhere between 17 and probably 23 or 24, that, which is far, far earlier than most people did it. Uh, the, the message title refers to Jeremiah's unqualified calling, and I mean that in two different ways. So here's the first way that I mean that. The first thing is God's convinced 
about you. God's convinced about you. Now, though Jeremiah protested uh, and had plenty of reasons why he shouldn't be the one for the job, God's calling of him was unqualified. There was no hesitation on God's part. God had full faith in Jeremiah. God was convinced about Jeremiah. He told him, listen, you're just learning about this now, but I called you before you were even born. God said, I created you, boy. I called you while I was putting you together. I built you for this, right? Don't freak out. I, I knew this was going to happen all along. Now, notice God didn't say, hey, I think you can do it, but he didn't say, hey, I hope you can do this if this was an unqualified call. No reservations, no hesitation. God was all in on Jeremiah, and he was not going to be talked out of it. Jeremiah was God's choice for this. Did you know God is all in on you? He's convinced about you. He's convinced that you're the guy or you're the lady, right? Did you know God has handcrafted you too? Did you know he has a purpose for you too? That while he was creating you, he was preloading you with an operating system that was going to enable you to do exactly what he wants you to do. God doesn't love Jeremiah any more than he loves you. He's got a plan and a calling for you as well. You're like, eh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Listen, do you really think God's doing all this awesome stuff with everybody you're sitting around, but that he gets to you and he goes, eh, yeah, I don't know about this one. Like, I'm just going to make a generic baby <laughs> and just see what happens right? No, no extras, no, no add-ons, no special features, just like a baby. And then we'll just see how it goes, right? It, do you think instead of a calling that God just looks over you and goes, eh, I hope it goes good for you, kid. <laughs> good luck with that. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we have so much more faith for everybody else. If it's true for everybody else, how can it not be true for you? That's just like math or something. All right? It's, there is an unqualified calling, not just for the people you're sitting with, but for you. Not for the special people. For you. An unqualified calling. Now, I want you to look at this. Romans chapter 11, verse 29 this is in the context of, uh, of him calling his people Israel, but it's not just true on the large scale, it's true on the individual scale. Uh, the, the Lord said, or Paul said, the Lord said through Paul, God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. They can never be withdrawn. The, the King James says that his, his calling is without repentance. Like, God's not going to say, hey, I'm calling you to do this, and then like in three months go, eh, never mind. Never mind. I take that back. Right? It's without repentance. Whatever he called you to, that calling is still there. Whatever he gifted you to do, he hasn't changed his mind. The, the word means it's irrevocable. 
He can't take it back because he said he wouldn't. You may have run in the other direction, but the call and the gift are still there waiting for you on the other side of your repentance and your obedience. Now, as I was preparing this week, I just really felt compelled to share this. I don't think I've ever shared this from the pulpit, but a few years ago, a friend of mine who's in law enforcement told me, he said, you know, I know a lot of people who are first responders who are actually called to ministry. He said they, they just got scared and didn't know what to do with it. So, so they just, they knew that God had built them to help people, so they just became first responders. Now listen, first responders, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what one of your own said, all right? It, I, I'm not saying every first responder is called to ministry. And, and for some of you, that is your ministry, okay? So I'm not telling you to go, you know, sell everything and go do something. I, I'm not telling you that. But for those of you that the Holy Spirit is speaking to right now, your call is still waiting for you right where you left it. So you can take the gifting and use it for other things. But the call is still waiting for you. He hasn't, he hasn't changed his mind. He's still all in. God's still convinced about you. Now listen, you're like, man, I'm glad I'm not a firefighter or something. It's not just for first responders, y'all. It's for everybody. God built you with certain gifts and certain abilities that God wants you to invest in other people for the glory of God and for the advancement of His kingdom. Pastor Robbie did a masterful job a few weeks ago when he, when he preached of communicating that to you. You should go back and listen to that message if you didn't because the Master gave all of us gifts and He expects all of us to use them for the kingdom. Not the special people, all of us. Now, here, here's the other way that this Jeremiah's is an unqualified call, and that's this. God doesn't need your ability. God doesn't need your ability. I called this thing unqualified, not just because God had no reservations about Jeremiah, but also because from the world's perspective, Jeremiah was completely unqualified for this position. Okay? He was just a kid, far too young to carry such an important message. Like, who's going who's gonna to take him seriously? Uh, who's going to listen to what he has to say? How is he even sure that he's hearing from God? Uh, what does he know about the political and economic issues to which he's speaking? He's unqualified for this calling. And that's what gets us, isn't it? It's our perception of our own qualifications to do what we perceive God calling us to do. No matter what the standard is, we almost always see ourselves as falling short. We get all caught up in outward appearances. We get all caught up in worldly credentials, maybe even in our own character flaws. We get caught up in social standards. We think it's about our ability. God doesn't care about any of that. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. God said, you're not too young if I say you're not. He said, I'm not qualified. God said, my calling qualifies you, and besides, you don't even know what I'm looking for. 
right? Jeremiah, he didn't even give him the list of, of the job description of what, what he's supposed to be doing. He's like, no, I can't do that. How do you know you can't do it? I ain't told you what to do yet. The passage said, God reached over and touched his mouth and said, there you go. I just qualified you. I just put my words in your mouth. Now just go say what I told you to say. This seems pretty easy to God, doesn't it? He just popped him in the mouth and said, there you go. You're done. God doesn't need your ability. He specializes in unqualified callings. Now listen, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, God sends the prophet Samuel uh, to anoint the next king of Israel. He knows it's going to be one of Jesse's sons. God's already told him, the king's in this house. It's going to be one of this guy's boys. So he shows up. He says, hey, bring all your boys out here uh, and let me, let me see what God says. So he sees the first one, and he's, I mean, he's the oldest, and he's a big old good-looking joker. And like Samuel's like, listen, that's a king if I've ever seen a king, right? He's like, that's, that's got to be the one. I want you to see what God said, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Boy, ain't that the good news and the bad news. Right? You can fake the outside stuff. It's the heart stuff that you, can, that, that, that you think you can hide, but God says, no, I see all of that. I see all of that. It's, it's all good. So we get all worked up about who's qualified and who's not. God's got a whole different set of standards that we don't really know anything about because we can't see what He sees. The qualifications that matter most to God uh, are the least obvious. They can't be seen from the outside. God chose David, who was the runt of the whole family, to be the next king because God knew David's heart, not David's current ability. That's why people are scared when they hear the calling of God. They're, they're scared to accept the calling. They're, they're afraid that they'll say yes and then God will find out who they really are. Find out that sometimes they feel like an imposter. Find out that sometimes they're, that, that, that God might find out they're not really qualified and then he'll reject them and change his mind. Because the fear of being rejected by God is greater than the fear of living in disobedience to him. Listen to me. God already knows you. He knows the stuff that you think you're doing in secret. He knows the thoughts that you have when you're by yourself. He already knows and He called you anyway. There is nothing that God is going to discover about you in three months that He doesn't already know. Stop telling God how unqualified you are. He already knows. He's not even looking at the same stuff you're looking at. He, he knows how He built you. He knows what you're capable of. He knows what He plans to do in you and for you and through you. He knows you better than you know you. 
He's not looking at your ability, so stop worrying about all that. The only two words you need to say when he calls is, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So if God's convinced about me and doesn't need my ability, what does he expect of me? And that's a good question. And here's, I think, a pretty good answer. God expects your availability. He doesn't need your ability. He does expect your availability. Now, here's what you might miss about this passage as you just read through it. God wasn't asking Jeremiah. Did you notice that? He wasn't asking Jeremiah to be his prophet to this generation. Yes, he was. That was the whole call. Yeah, he wasn't asking. He was informing Jeremiah (laughs) that he was going to be the prophet to that generation. Look through the passage. Look at what God said. God said, I knew you. I formed you. I set you apart. I appointed you. You must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Period. End of the sentence. At no point did God say, so what do you think about that, buddy? He didn't say, do you accept my generous offer? He, he didn't say, so how do you feel about this? Like, go check with your friends and see if, if they agree. He didn't say, go take a spiritual gifts test and a personality inventory and see if they all... God said, hey man, this is what you're going to do because I'm God. Peace out. Right? That, that is so offensive to our American sensibilities. Because somebody told us we get to vote on everything. God's kingdom, however, is not a democracy. It's a kingdom, and he's the king. So he thinks, like, he gets to do whatever he wants. Right? Like somebody made him God, and we didn't even vote. That's not how a kingdom works. You say, but I don't trust any man to tell me what to do. Okay, I get that. God's not a man. God's not a man. He's not only not corrupt, he's incorruptible. He's not, he's not just honest. He is the truth. It's impossible for him to lie. He's always good. He's always just. He's always right. He knows all and he sees all. By comparison, we can't even come close to measuring up. We don't even know what's good for ourselves. The question shouldn't be, why should you say yes to God? The question is, why wouldn't you? If you trust God with your eternal soul, why wouldn't you trust Him with your earthly calling? Does He or does He not know better than you? And we believe that for everybody else. It's time to start believing it for us too. When I was young, all I ever wanted to be, you know, after you get through the fireman, astronaut, stage you know all I ever wanted to be was a teacher or a singer maybe I wanted to Bill Gaither Bill and Gloria Gaither's lives or something like they were school teachers in during the week and gospel singers on the weekends I, I went to school to be a teacher my degree is middle grades education I was a teacher and administrator for 10 years but the whole time I had this pull I had this tug to pastoral ministry and was still doing it part-time I had an advocate who would have helped me do anything I wanted to do in education. 
She hired me. She mentored me. She believed in me. She gave me opportunities that I had not earned. But ultimately, I had to walk away because I knew God was calling. I sang in my church my whole life. I think the first time I remember singing, I was five, sang in church. Uh, and then after high school, started traveling around some, doing singing in churches. And, and then I joined the Southern Gospel Quartet, loved it, thought, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. After a couple of years, God said, that's enough. It's time to quit. Um, he didn't even bother to tell me why. He just said, this time is over. It's time to walk away. So I tried to shake it off, tried to ignore him, tried to just keep going. Turns out God is quite persistent when he's right, and he's always right. Do you, do you have a person or two in your life that when they say, hey, will you do something for me, that the answer is automatically yes? No? <laughs> Y'all ain't got no friends? <laughs> Very sorry about that, y'all. You got you guys. They say, "Hey, I, I need you," and you like before they get need out, you, you're already out the door, right? Those people are a blessing in your life. You know that. You don't even know the question, but it's a yes. You just want to know how many years am I going to serve in jail when we finish doing whatever it is you're asking me to, right? Can we get a cell together? Is all you really want to know, right? It, you just. You don't have to know, you just know they need you, they ask, because it's not about what they're asking, it's about who's doing the asking, right? So it's just, you're just yes. Listen, God wants to be that person in your life. He wants to be that person. A life truly surrendered to Jesus means it is an understood and automatic yes. Look at the calling of the disciples. Y'all ain't liking none of this, are you? Look at the calling of the disciples. Jesus, what did Jesus say? Did he, did he say, can I interest you in a position in my newly formed organization? We have 401k and the retirement benefits are out of this world. He didn't say that. Y'all get that in a minute. He, he didn't say that. He said, he said, follow me. And then you know what Jesus did? Kept walking. Because it's hard to follow somebody that ain't moving. So Jesus is like, follow me gone and and what the disciples do okay so they just got up and left he didn't even ask he just assumed because he's jesus he said follow me and they said okay he said john you're telling me that god has a calling for me and it's not really optional like he's not going to leave me alone about it until i do it well he sent a storm and a whale after jonah he knocked Paul to the ground before he even changed his name, knocked him to the ground, made him blind for three days. I'd say God's pretty serious about this whole calling thing. He does not give up easily when he's right, and he's always right. Now, not everybody's calling is going to be as dramatic as Jeremiah's or Jonah's or Paul's. And not everyone is being called to be a prophet to the nations or the, the apostle to the Gentiles. Okay, But every person is important in the kingdom of God. And every person is called by the king for a purpose in the kingdom. He's waiting on you to say yes. It's not about your ability. 
It's about your availability. He isn't waiting on you to be qualified. He isn't waiting on you to be accepted by everybody else. The old saying goes, and it's true, that he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Stop telling God why you can't. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I thought that was about winning football games. It has nothing to do with football, it turns out. It's about you being obedient to the call of God in your life. Look at what he told Jeremiah. Don't say you're too young. Don't be afraid of the people. I'll be with you and I'll protect you. Listen, God is bigger than every objection and every fear that you can have. Timothy in the New Testament also said he was too young for it. Abraham and Sarah both said they're too old for it. Moses said he wasn't able to talk well enough. But God said, I don't need you to be eloquent. I don't need you to be articulate. I just need you to be obedient. Like Jesus told the disciples, with God, all things are possible. Listen, what's he calling you to do? What is he calling you to do? So just go do it. Go do it. I believe there are people here today who know that God is calling and who know what you're supposed to be doing. This is your opportunity today to step up and step out. But I'd also like to speak to those who really, honestly, have no idea. Now, the Lord laid something on my heart for you. It's not really a full message, so I'm not going to do it next week. But it's too much to share in the time that, that we have left together today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release a bonus point um, this week. So I'll record it, and I'll, we'll let you know on the YouTube channel when it's up. You can go and watch it. I, if you're really confused about what, I'm not sure if I do know my calling, what am I supposed to do if I'm not called or haven't heard it, how do I find it? I, I, we're gonna, I'm going to put that out. I want you to go and watch it this week. Uh, so we'll put it out and let you know. Uh, but I want you to, to be able to position yourself to receive your calling and, and, and know what to do while you wait. All right, But for today, for those of you who do know what the call is, it's time to answer the call. It's time to answer the call. Um, do it scared. If you're not scared, it's probably not God calling. If you are not freaking out, <laughs> probably not God. Do you notice that when God shows up in the Bible that people tend to freak out? So if you're freaking out, yeah, it's probably God. So do it scared, but do it. Do it. I struggled for a long time with my calling um, in a lot of ways. Probably none more than my call, the calling that I sensed to be the lead pastor. Because I wasn't sure I had what it took. I wasn't sure I was the right guy. I wasn't sure I had the right personality. I wasn't, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I had been told prophetically in 2000. Uh, 10 or so that that I, I was going to be a lead pastor but that it wasn't for it wasn't right now so just relax and stop stressing about it um, the person told me that it, I would know when it was time okay so when the previous pastor told me that he was leaving in 2012 um, it seemed pretty obvious that it was time uh, so I knew this though I, I was scared because what if I said I wanted to be pastor, but I was rejected? 
by people that I'd already invested 15 years of my life in. Um, I also knew that the next pastor, if I was rejected, sure wasn't going to keep me around to be on staff. So I knew that this was a bell that I could not unring once I said that I felt like I needed to be pastor. I was throwing, kind of throwing my hat in the ring. There were a lot of reasons why I shouldn't be the pastor of this church or maybe any church. I told you I don't have any training to be a pastor. Um, I'm a middle school teacher, so we can do fractions. <laughs> um, so the state overseer, I told him, I called his office, set up an appointment. I said, I, I, I feel like I'm, I need, I'm supposed to be the pastor of this church. I feel like I want to put my name in the hat. And he said, he has a big old, he had a great preacher voice and like a preacher hairdo and the whole deal. And he's a very intimidating dude. And, and he just flat asked me, said, why should I consider you to be the pastor when you were part of the leadership team that saw the rapid decline of that church in the last year? I was like, well, that's, that's an intimidating question. For, for many people in the church, I was the music guy. Right? I led you in worship every week. Um, I was always the guy behind the guy. Um, some in the church were against me because they didn't like the church of God, the denominational process. Not to mention all the internal fears and worries and all of that, that I, about not being enough and not being able and, and all that stuff. So I, I just say all this to, to, to really say this to you today. There's only one reason. Oh, the, the uh, overseer said I have 1,100 pastors in this state <laughs> who are qualified to be the pastor of that church. I'm like, dude, I'm not even in the top 500. I'm like, I don't know why you're even still talking to me. And, and, and so there's, the only reason that I'm still that I am the pastor of this church is because God wanted me to be the pastor of this church. It was the calling of God for my life and for this church. That's the only reason. Overseer told me afterwards, he said, I have never appointed, never in the however many decades of ministry he'd been in, he said, I've never appointed um, a staff person to be the pastor of the church that he'd been serving in. Never. He said, I got 1,100 other ministers in the state. I looked at all of them. I looked at their names. I went down my list as I was praying through it and said, God, show me who the pastor's supposed to be. He said, it's you. you and initially I said yay and they went oh <laughs> it's me now what am I supposed to do right you get your driver's license and you get behind the wheel and go oh <laughs> it's a big old car um, let me ask you this what does God want you to do what does God want you to do what does he want you to be what's he calling you to he can remove all the obstacles. He can remove all the objections. He can give you the courage, the ability to do what He calls you to. No more excuses. No more delays. It may not be time for your appointment, but it is time for you to say, yes. Yes. Y'all stand with me.
never sensing anything quite like this in 10 years. This is a life-changing moment for somebody. Listen, I know we get to the end of a service and a lot of times we, we go ahead and check the box and we think it's time to go. And I'm telling you, somebody's life is changing right now. So please be still and quiet and reverent. Please pray. There have been moments of my life that completely altered the course of my family. Sometimes for the better, sometimes not. But it was still the call of God in the moment. And for a person who is stepping up to answer the call of God, um, it's a sacred moment. And it's a scary moment. So, if it's not you, pray. And I know we all we always open the altar up for everything. I want to... Uh, I want to do this different. If you know that God's calling you to something, listen, it's not, no, no, there's a lot of things to be called for. So you're not saying you're being called to preach. You're not being saying you're called to pastor anything. But if you know there's a calling of God on your life, even if you're not even sure what it is, I just want you to come down and let, let me pray with you. Okay? To just, to just let me pray with you and just anoint you with oil. And I want the elders to come and the prayer team, please. Because even if you don't know what the calling is, if you know there is a calling, that if you're surrendered to Jesus, you just say yes. You just say yes and ask Him to make it clear. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.